she's trying to blame shift, you know, because she, you know, like, of course she, you know, she just tripping, you know, skipping down the street and fell on a dick. No. La 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 la. Oh, a penis. What's poppin' y'all? Welcome to Post Finale. I am your host, Ankit Madeira. I'm an actor and a musician who hasn't seen a lot of films, so to keep my friends happy and potentially provide a new perspective on some popular films, I am on a quest to change that. I am not on this quest alone, however. Once again this week, I am joined by the amazing Bobby Hedglund Taylor, who is a multi-hyphenated artist. Bobby, how are you doing? Welcome. Great. Great. It's raining here in New York. <laughs> <laughs> It's sunny here in London, so uh, that's rare. <laughs> Look, it's fantastic because summer in London has finally arrived, and technically it's now fall. Right, right. So life makes sense. <laughs> yeah, when I lived there, it, we literally had like six out of seven days were cloudy and rainy, and there was always one like one good day. And then sometimes yeah. halfway through that one good day, it would start to pour, but then the sun would come back out. So when, yeah, I, I, mean, when I was in Scotland and Wales, it was much worse. It was very cold and gloomy and this just was not, not as pleasant. So Fair. Whenever people here find out that I'm from Seattle, they <laughs> are like, oh, what's, what's it like? Like, what's the weather like? And I'm like, it's pretty much the same, just less windy. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> less hippies. <laughs> no not even that <laughs> actually pretty equal it just depends on what part of town you're in <laughs> true, true true so we're talking about moonstruck and let's just jump in so where we are currently we were talking about a lovely beautiful moon and we see the beautiful moon and it was lovely so the next morning loretta has woken up and she realizes what she has done, as in slept with Ronnie. And she thought that if she stayed away from City Hall, then it would be no bad luck. And Ronnie says, you know, you're making me feel guilty. And Loretta just claps back with, I'm marrying your brother. <laughs> <laughs> and you should feel guilty. <laughs> <laughs> right? And Ronnie just is like, all right, I'm guilty. I confess. Like, he's like, okay, yep, fair enough. Fair enough, I've, I have committed the sin. And the wedding is in a couple of weeks, and I'm like, it's in a month. Don't try to act like we've progressed significant number of days. We've progressed like 36 hours since the proposal has happened. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it's still 29 to 30 days, which is not a couple of weeks, that's a month. <laughs> If you want to nitpick, yeah. You know. Yes. <laughs> I'm nitpicking. Like it's it's a very simple thing of like changing it from it's in a couple of weeks to it's in a month. Same vibe. Yeah, you know, the, the, the Italians Stakes are a bit different. <laughs> <laughs> Italians can exaggerate, so I know yeah. I know from my family. Oh good. So Ronnie says that Loretta ruined his life. And Loretta says that he ruined her life. And his eyes 
is like I've noticed it kind of throughout, but especially in this scene, Nicolas Cage's eyes tell you a lot in this film. Yep. I, like I said, there's the, the, that la- the, the scene coming up at the very end. It's all <laughs> subtlety and subtext in their facial expressions. Even the old man who doesn't speak much in the movie. He says, Oh like, my God, he gets to speak at the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> he says like two or three sentences in Italian, but even he is, you know, a stoic, you know, so. Yeah, so. but like the eye contact in this film is beautiful. And he has, I have in my notes, he has bad eyes like a gypsy. I have no idea what I meant by that. That's a line. Oh, that's the line. Okay. That's it, a line, yeah. It he had has, been a little bit. Eyes. You got them bad eyes. Okay, like cool. A gypsy. It had been a little bit since I had seen this scene because yeah. just of the way that the timing worked out and how far we got last week. So, okay, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. That's a line in the film that I just thought yeah. was beautiful. It is, and it's, it's, it's you know, she's, she's trying to blame shift, you know, because she, you know, like, of course she, you know, she just tripping, you know, skipping down the street and fell on a dick. No. <laughs> it's not the way it's not <laughs> La 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 la. Oh, a penis. No. <laughs> no. So it's like, and it just happens to be her, her fiance's brother. You know, no. So she's trying to blame shift like it's all his fault. You know, and, and, and if you look at the dynamic of the father as well, there's that same kind of blame shifting that goes on. It's also yeah. in the plumbing scene, you know, he, he kind of he kind of manipulates the scene. So she's trying to get out of the, the she's trying to get out of the ownership of the of the the the, the activity that happened the night before. Even though yeah. she was like she was like, you know, it's you know, take me, take out your aggression on me, that kind of thing, you know, take Leave it out. Nothing of- but the skin on my bones <laughs> right, for Johnny right. to marry. Like, right. you know, you played a part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just a little. Jesus, but yeah. Look, that takes two people to have fun time in bed. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so Loretta says that it's bad luck and she's going to marry Johnny and they will take tonight to their coffins. And Ronnie says that he can't do that because he's in love with Loretta. And I was like, oh, Moonstruck, I get it now. <laughs> you met the night of the big moon, you fell in love, you know. <laughs> You We're catch good. on. There's a theme here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we had to get that. We had to get that. Let me guess. The next big event happens the next night. Um, <laughs> so Loretta slaps him twice, tells him to snap out of it. He can't snap out of it. He's in love. He's smitten. He's taken away. He was swept off of his feet. He may have swept her off of her feet, but actually she swept him. Yep. And it's one of those. It's one of those things like. You know, the, the 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 moon is the central, like, the moon sets off all of the chaos. And it's true in real life, too. Because, <laughs> so. What do you mean by it's true in real life? The moon, the moon actually, in it, it affects your mood. It is the same cycle as a woman's body. It controls the tides. And um, what else? Uh, it, it just, because the moon used to be part of the earth. And it was pulled away, but it still has right. the orbit. So the orbit of the moon is part of, is part of our, it affects us. It ah. affects us. You know, and also like from an astrology point of view, 
the moon, where your moon sits is how you are affected each day by the position of the planets. But that's another story. That's a that's a whole different <laughs> that's thing another to movie. go into. I mean, look, I know a little bit about well, okay, let's let's rephrase this. I know nothing about the astrological world other than like <laughs> there are the like different signs. Yeah. And apparently like you have three. Like you're supposed to have like your sun, which is the main one that people know. And then you have a moon sign and then like a rising or something. Yes, rising yeah. sign. Yeah, the rising sign is where all the planets were affixed when you were born. So that's all Okay. Yeah. All I know is that like there's an app I don't remember. I think it's called like CoStar or something, not <clears throat> sponsored, but it's right. something that like was very popular when I was in uni and everyone was getting it. So I was like, all right, like, you know, I'll, I'll put my stuff in just because curiosity piqued my interest. Mm -hmm. And it was just like I showed it to like my friends who like knew more about that world. Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh, this explains a lot. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> and they were like, well, you're a triple water sign, which just kind of means chaos. And they were like, that explains a lot. <laughs> so what is what are, what are your signs? Do you remember? It's a Scorpio Scorpio Cancer, I think, if I oh, remember wow. it right. Wow. Yeah. So like it's double Scorpio. I don't I think it's Scorpio is rising and my main and then Cancer Moon, but I might be wrong. I might have that flip. I know Scorpio is the main and then it's either the Scorpio Cancer or Cancer Scorpio, if I remember that correctly. It's all water. It's a mess. That's <laughs> it's all water. It's a mess. I know that there's another water one that I don't remember off the top of my head, which is why. Pisces. Yeah, that doesn't sound right. Pisces doesn't sound right. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's just water, it's a mess, and uh, yeah. But that that's the fun little piece of information I know about that world. <laughs> yeah. It so. is, it is it, again, it's entertainment. Um, you know, I don't, I, I sometimes I, I do look at it and feel, feel like, okay, we are affected by the, the you know, we are affected by the, 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 not only the moon, but the, but the cycles of the moon and the other planets. Like we're, right now we're in what's called Mercury retrograde, which causes all communication to go out the window. And so that's um, when Mercury appears to be traveling backwards. That's basically what it means. But in general, though, has nothing to do with, it really has nothing <laughs> to do with anything else, except the fact that the moon especially, because the moon has a 28-day cycle, women have a 28-day cycle. The, the tides coming in and out are, are cycled with the moon. So it's, and you know, our ancestors were very much keen on the, uh, you know, like the following of astrology could help them predict different types of types of weather, different, yeah. different uh, and different um, things happening in the world. So, and I mean, like the Hindu calendar follows the lunar calendar. So like all of our festivals, like that's why every year I have to look up when is each festival? Because it's not like I can be like, oh, like Diwali, it's like Christmas. It's like, it's on the same day. Like, no, it changes every yeah. single year based on the lunar calendar. And so I have to look up every single year of like, okay, when are different things happening? <laughs> so, right. yeah. So Loretta says, fine, then you won't come to the wedding and you will have bad blood with between you and Johnny forever. And 
Ronnie says that he's coming, and Loretta says no, and Ronnie says honey, and I'm like, it's a bit early to call her honey. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a bit early to be calling her honey. Like, back up. Like, hold on. You, you've you met her, I'll be generous, 12 hours ago. Right. <laughs> um, you know. You know what? I'll say 18, because maybe she came in the afternoon. 18 yeah. hours ago. You yeah. know, you met her 18 hours ago, and you're calling her honey. You've already said that you're in love. I'll give you that one, but, like, yeah. slow down. <laughs> We're not yeah, at that that's, it does. It does create a little bit of a, a weird dynamic, so. Yeah, but, I mean, he is also infatuated with her, and, you know, so. But it, it just felt weird that he's already yeah. calling her honey. Yeah, no, I agree. So, Ronnie says that he won't come to the wedding if Loretta joins him at the opera tonight. And I was like, aha, finally, we're going to the opera. I was right, we have to go. I just was very wrong on when. So, Ronnie loves Loretta and the opera, and he wants the two things together for one night. Loretta agrees to meet him at the Met, and she storms out and then comes back in and asking where the Met is with puppy dog eyes. And I'm like, how do you not know you live in New York? <laughs> <laughs> well, to, to be fair, um, this is not a, not a woman that travels a lot. Not a woman that, you know, she goes from the home to the, you know, she's a bookkeeper for the, the, the cheese store. Oh, you know, so she, and then she goes to the bank and then that's it. You know, so... When you live insular, when you live in an insular uh, place like that, she's probably never even seen an opera, you know. So you, you know, even though it's very popular in Italian culture, she probably never saw one. So. Okay. Sure. But that's just me. <laughs> I mean, I lived in New York for a summer, and even I knew where it was. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I didn't technically live in Manhattan. I just lived around. Right, but you also have to think this is well. We're we're looking the at eighties. The eighties, you know, New York was very different. People didn't go to mid, mid Midtown unless they absolutely had to. It was you know like living oh, living okay. the nineteen eighties. Times Square was a war zone. Like it, you know, Forty Second Street was not all squeaky clean with Mickey Mouse. It was you know porn theater after porn theater going down Forty Second Street and bar after bar, stripper bars here and there. And then as you went uptown just slightly, you got a few Broadway theaters smushed in between these, uh, these porn theaters. Um, and it was just dark and it was scary. And, you know, people got mugged in front of Broadway theaters while they're waiting to go in. So it's like those kind of things were very, you know, like people, you know, especially Italians. My grandmother was always, she, when I told her I was moving to New York, so, oh my God. Don't go to, don't use the subway. Somebody's going to grab you and take you away. And I'm like, no, they're not, Grandma. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> you know, like there was always this like unheard of fear of New York City at, in that time. And I was like balls to the wall. I didn't care. I was like, I'm not, I'm not living in Pennsylvania anymore. I'm going to school in New York. I'm going to live in New York and I'll probably end up leaving New York in a plastic bag, you know? <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> That's the, you know, it's like, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a lifer when it comes to living here. Although, you know, recently, you know, it's gotten to be so expensive to live here. So, you know, 
and I'm, you know, I'm not 22. I'm not even 52. I'm soon going to be in my 60s. So it's like, you know, I wouldn't you, believe you, that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> hang upside <laughs> down long enough. It helps um, <laughs> all the years in the circus. Um, but uh, no, it really is a, uh, a testament to, you know, like where the city is right now. Because, you know, you can get priced out of every everywhere that you are. You can get priced. Right now we're priced out of theater. I can't afford to go. I can't afford $150 for to see a musical. You know, it's like that's unheard of. You know, I, I get it. I understand that they have their expenses as well. But, you know, what am I going to do? You know, it's even cost like 30 bucks to go to the movies now. So, you know, I, I just took my staff. We all went to see Cocaine Bear. And that was like. Have you heard of this movie, by the way? Oh, I've heard of it. I haven't seen it, although I'm very intrigued because I've heard multiple reviews. So I'd love to hear yours. So here's the thing. (laughs) I'm sitting there with 12 of my staff members. They all had drinks before. And they start getting restless as the movie starts. And there's popcorn flying back and forth. And I'm like, holy shit, we're going to get thrown out. But... It was... You went to go see Cocaine Bear. You were not about to be thrown out. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, you throw popcorn and candy and stuff like that in a the theater. Somebody's going somebody's gonna to catch on. Anyway, it was very much like Rocky Horror because it was just like we were all sitting there. And it is, it, it's so gory and so hysterical at the same time. And we, were, we just had a ball. It was one of the best staff outings we ever did together. And I, I encourage you to watch it with friends because if you watch it alone, it's not going to make much sense of anything. But it is very much like akin to the 1980s horror movies. So there's like there's the typical ways that people get murdered and things like that in horror movies. But this is based on an actual actual story that a bear ate a bag of cocaine and went on a rampage. You know, so it is. It's just very funny. And 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 you you will. You will you will get it, and it's 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 worth it. It's worth it. It's worth a shot to be with a few drinks and with your friends. You know, yeah, it's definitely not like I'm gonna watch a movie on Saturday night. Let me get popcorn and a glass of wine. No, it's not that kind of thing. <laughs> you know, fair enough. Now, my friend Brian told me when I asked him how it was, he was like, "If you go in for just a good time, you yes. will have a good time. 100%. If you go in looking for a plot and meaning." You went to the wrong movie. <laughs> like you should have yeah. known better with the title. But like Absolutely. he was like, it was genuinely a good time. Yeah. And like, you know, it's not the deepest movie that you've ever seen. No, not at but all. But it was enjoyable. <laughs> and you, you'll, 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 you'll really enjoy it. It is super fun. And like I said, it could be one that you, um, you could do a, a podcast on that would just be a hoot and a half because it's super fun. Fair enough. Who knows? I might get my friends together when I'm home for Christmas and see if they want to watch it. That would be hysterical if you did a hey whole... Hey, guys, if any of you are listening to this, we should do that if I'm you home for Christmas do... this year. <laughs> oh, my God. If you do go home for Christmas, get all your friends together, get get some weed gummies if they're legal in your state. <laughs> <laughs> Go have a few drinks and all watch Cocaine Bear, and then do a live do or do a live podcast on it. It or or the next day or, you know, because it's hysterical. It really is. Hey Griffin, I know you're listening. So ideas. <laughs> so, so anyway, Moonstruck. Yeah, sorry. that's what we're talking about, right? So, Loretta goes to confession, and it's been two months since her last confession. 
And I thought confession was something that happened every weekend. Is that not the case? You can go whenever you want. They recommend you go every week because it absolves you of any guilt and things like that in life. But it was, you know, it's, 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 you know, suggested every, every Sunday, but doesn't but, mean. You okay. You can that. just go whenever. What if you didn't sin? Oh my God. Why am I, when I conf I'm confessing, I didn't sin. I'm a perfect person. You know, so no, I just remember it being weekly if you wanted to. But, okay. Okay. Yeah. So for two months, you know, she's busy. She's getting, you know, <laughs> she's yeah. She's Look, she's, ha she has things to do. She has people anyway. to meet. Yeah. Yeah. So here are the sins. She twice took the Lord's name in vain, <laughs> once slept with the brother of her fiancé, and once bounced a check at the liquor store. Well, that was more of an accident. It wasn't really a sin. And <laughs> the priest is like, okay, like, you're excused of the first one, I guess. The third one wasn't really a sin because it was an accident. You didn't mean for this to happen. But that second one. <laughs> that second one is a big one. And he's like, for penance, two rosaries. How does that fix the sin? You're supposed to be thinking about what you did when you say the rosary and asking for forgiveness. So I'm I not going to lie. I thought a rosary was a type of flower. Nope. I'll so this explains a lot more of I why I'm confused. Have, I actually have my mother's rosary right here. And it has my my clergy badge on it because I I'm a I'm a wedding officiant so Wee. so yeah so it is you have it's like a, a, a it's like a mala okay if you if you've ever prayed on a mala it's the same the only difference is like you have ten prayers here so those are hail marys and then one hour father is the is here so then while you're saying this while you're going through all of this and then you have there's, there's a prayer for this medallion. Then you have, these are separate prayers. And then the cross is the final prayer, um, which I believe is called the act of contrition. I'm not sure. But anyway, you 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 start and you, you say the first decade, and, which is the first 10. And you're, you know, you're starting. So there's 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. There's six decades. So you start on one side and you pray all the way down to this little charm here. And then while you're doing that, you are thinking about your sins and what you did and, okay. how, and how you want and how you're sorry for them. And you don't want to repeat them and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it's mostly just designed to get you to meditate on your sins. So, okay. But so that's it, what a rosary is. Right. But with a mala, a mala is 108 beads. And you say the same, you say the same prayer or mm -hmm. mantra every 10 and then on one, you, 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 you say a thank you to your guru or to whoever the, the essence that brought you there. And then you keep going around 108 times. And then that, and you know, like uh, there's, there's different, you know, different prayers for different things. And if you know what they are in the, the, the original language, you would say them. If you don't, you would find a mantra and you would just repeat it. And that, so it's very much like that. So when, when she, when, you know, getting, getting to, first of all, when you, when you, when you go to confession, you know, if you, if you took the Lord's name in vain, that's a, that's a pretty, you know, pretty normal one. Everyone says Jesus Christ. So, you know, you, you, that you would, the, he would probably give you, I want you to say five Hail Marys and two Our Fathers and one act of contrition or something like that. Like some kind of like bonus uh, package, you know, <laughs> like they set it up like I need you to do two of these, three of these and four of those and think about what you did. 
when you're told to do the rosary, those are pretty, like, those are pretty intense, you know, uh, sins. You committed sins that are pretty intense. So you are, you are meant to sit there and go through those, you know, the six decades plus the, the cross and all that. And you have to go through that twice. So, you know, and each prayer is about a, a minute. So you're thinking of, you're, you're going to be sitting there for almost two hours unless you say the prayer really fast. But either way, it's it's not a reward. <laughs> so, Sure. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Like I said, I thought rosary was a type of flower. Mm. So I didn't feel like it was much of anything. No, that's a lot. So we then get a beautiful shot of just the priest's hands. And I just really liked the ambiguity of it. And with the ambiguity to hide him or... Is it hiding like the face of God or was the next question that I had was, is it a reveal for later? And then is this like the last major player and character that we're going to meet? <laughs> no, it's Johnny. No, um, it's Johnny. No. <laughs> well, when you go into confession, you are the first thing you do is knock on the, the door. There's a little door. right. And you can either request to have the door open and talk to him face to face. Or you can keep it closed and just talk to him through the screen. So that's like, that gives you an anonymity. Also, some people can't handle looking into the eyes of a priest when they've sinned so bad. So that's sure. another. But it's, it's, to, it's, it's to give you a, the ability to confess without pressure. And if you feel okay. comfortable, you can. So. Yeah. So. Again, I'm not a Catholic, but that, that's how I grew up. So. Fair. I mean, you know more about that world. I went to a Catholic school, but, you know, <laughs> I took three theology classes. I'm still confused. So we're at it's the church. <laughs> <laughs> we're at the church. We see Rose and she's praying. And Rose asks Loretta where she's been. Loretta doesn't want to talk about it. And Rose is like, you're just like your father. And she lied to him saying that Loretta came home last night. And then Rose reveals that she knows Cosmo is cheating on her because a wife just knows. And I'm like, yes, go Rose. I like you. Mm. And Loretta says, that's not possible. He's too old. Mm. And I'm like, I don't think you understand how affairs work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Loretta won't be home for dinner. And she didn't even pray. Or do the two rosaries or anything to, like, clear her sins. So, like, she still has her sins. She doesn't want to clear these. She just went to confession because that was the right thing to do. But then she was like, ah, actually, I enjoyed it. So, like, you know, I don't need the penance. Well, also, <clears throat> you know, you, 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 this is also the, there's, there's kind of a changing, changing of heart that's happening. So it's like, when you get through that that part of the, you know, after confession and things like that, you know, like in my, in my book, my mother talks about immaculate conception. And when she left the church was, you know, was, was very much like we went to church for until I was 12 and then she left, she was done. She didn't, she was like, I don't believe this. It's not, this is bullshit. And then later in life, she went back to the church because she had dementia. So she kind of went with what was familiar, but then she had her little meltdown in in the in the nursing home when they were talking about the immaculate conception so anyway but it is very much it's ingrained culturally 
that you know you go to you go to church you go to confession you get to, you know get, take the eucharist which is body of christ a little cracker kind of thing to uh you know to you it's more you know it's it, again it's it's I, I i hesitate to use the word grooming because that's not the word i'm looking for but it is trying to create the ultimate goal of christianity the goal of the actual christianity not modern christians modern christians are not the the I they so many of them do not have uh, what it takes to be an actual Christian in my my minds because they they have no Christ like attributes and that's the point you're supposed to be like Christ you're supposed to mimic and that's why they, that's why you pray to him that's why that's why you, that's why you're there but the point is to just be a good person like if you could. Christianity in a nutshell, the Bible in a nutshell. These are the ways that you could be a good person. That's it. Look, that's and, all religion is. Religion is just, hey, here's a list of ways to not be mean. Yep. <laughs> and like, here are things that would be mean. Like, here's an example. Don't do that. No. No. It's, <laughs> it, is not, it is not advisable. <laughs> <laughs> that's all religion is so anyway we're at the store and raymond feels great he's gotten no sleep but he feels like orlando furioso who? <laughs> i don't know who? <laughs> no idea you don't know it. either lovely um hold on we're gonna do a quick google search because we can orlando. i would imagine he was either an actor or a singer in the in the 70s and 80s that's my guess oh no it's a poem oh okay apparently it's a poem i have no idea anything more than that because i didn't read the poem yeah i I, (laughs) neither so rita calls him a tiger from last night and rita was a lamb and i was like oh that that (laughs) must have been messy Uh, (laughs) rita tells raymond to be quiet but raymond says the pleasure of marriage is you sleep with the woman you love and you don't have to worry about it right he's kind of got a point yeah (laughs) and then raymond says how about a date tonight at the opera and i was like aha prediction times everyone but rose and johnny will go to the opera tonight everyone will see each other and people will agree to keep each other's secrets. But in reality, everyone's just going to gossip behind everyone's back. So soon everyone will actually know what's going on. And in the end, Loretta will end up with Ronnie. And Cosmo will go back to Rose. And Raymond and Rita are just still in strong and in love and are wonderful human beings who own a cheese shop. Capomaggio means head, <laughs> head cheese. <laughs> so... That's what I think is going to happen. You're close. Uh-huh. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Look, the bits and pieces were there. Yeah. No. You like, can you- see where I made this leap. Sure. Faith. Absolutely. But, you know, it's it's like any other movie. There's there's twists and turns in the plot that always make it interesting towards the end. Yeah. So Raymond says he doesn't know what's gotten into him. It's the crazy moon. And I was like, oh, again, moonstruck. Look at this. We're talking about a moon as well. 
And I was like, it seems to be working very well for all of the couples that I'm cheering for, mostly. Ronnie and Loretta, where I'm like, I want you to get together. The Moonstruck's going well for you. Rita and Raymond, they're strong and in love and wonderful human beings. They deserve to still be in love. And I'm happy that, like, you know, they're just having this lovely fit of romance time. And they deserve that. And the third one is the old man with his dogs. They <laughs> loved it. He, do- he doesn't show up much, but they loved it. And I'm happy for that. It's not going very well for Rose and Cosmo. But if I'm being completely honest, I like Rose. I don't really care for Cosmo. (laughs) (laughs) It's, you know, as I approach middle age, (laughs) I mean, I approached it. It kind of happened as I approach my 60s. Let's put it that way. um, (laughs) There are times when you long for things that used to be. I used to have, you know, I used to have a very strong physique. I used to be very strong and very lean. And now I'm short and stocky. You know, I have the, I have the typical Italian body right now. You know, it's like, you know, it's like a, a, you pull your pants up to your nipples and you got a belt and a head, you know, so, you know, you're a little old and I'm turning into that little old crusty man, you know, and, and it's just, you know, get off my lawn. You know, I just, I just weeded those, you know, that garden. It is also a time when you wonder if, you know, the things that you cherished and were, you know, these, these wonderful experiences you had were all in the past. And is that going to rekindle? Is it going to happen again? Is it going to, is there going to be a resurgence? And in many ways that, you know, my entire life changed overnight by having hip replacement. So it's like, you know, yes, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a totally different stage of my life right now, but it doesn't mean I'm dead. You know, so so as an artist, just means that you lived and you lived life to the fullest as much as, as best you can. And then and, then, you know, who knows what's next? But I do yeah. understand Cosmo's, um, you know, wandering eye because he's he's stuck in this in this rut. He's got he's been successful. He's got a family. He's got a daughter. He's. You know, he's got a business. He's, he's, you know, he's got this big house. He's married. He's, you know, so it's like you, those are all the things that everybody wishes for you when you, when you were, right. you know, but he may have achieved them very early on in life. And then the rest of his life has all been that. And you get to this point in his life where, you know, who knows how long the affair has been going on with Mona. It doesn't say, you don't have no. any idea. It's ambiguous and it comes out of nowhere. Um, it, they could have been together for years. You don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, mis- mistress or whatever, you know, that kind of thing is is just one way to feel younger and to feel connected. Maybe Rose is withholding sex. We don't know that. Or maybe, you know, they just gotten to the point where they don't have sex anymore. You know, they're not Raymond and Rita. <laughs> you know, they don't have that spark. They're not oh, a tiger and a lamb. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they're more like they're more like a sloth and a capybara, you know. So, like, you, know so, you know, so it's like, um, you know, so who knows the dynamic of that relationship that led him to go outside of it? You just never, you never know. So right. I understand. I understand. I don't condone where he's at because that's not an arrangement that they discussed. It's not, you know, like in modern days, there are throuples. There's 
open relationships. There's all those things. But right. if you don't talk about it, it's still cheating. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's and in there, in there, it's like whatever your original agreement was. Unless you've discussed and been like, okay, like updated agreement. Right. But again, it does happen. It's happened. It's happened to me in the past with uh, previous relationships. And, you know, it, it's just, there's, there's no, you know, there's no way to control that part. It happens. And you, you either, if you're a Catholic, you go to confession. <laughs> and if you're not Catholic, you find a way to accept that it happened and you move on. You know, no, no. It, Apparently, if you're Catholic, you just have to hold your sins forever. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> That's not actually least, true. Obviously, least, it's a joke. At least Jewish people get to uh, one day of atonement and then it's over. They forget it. You there know, we so, go. So. Hey, they're efficient. They just pick one day and they're like, look, all of your sins. There you go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the intermission. I hope you're all enjoying this episode of Post Finale, where Bobby has returned as our guest once again, and we continue talking about Moonstruck. Now, if you want to help support the show and gain access to some bonus content, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash postfinale. Any of the money that is made through the Patreon goes directly back into supporting the show and making it a better show for you. And be sure to follow us on social media at PostFinalePod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I refuse to call it X. It is still Twitter. And be sure to, you know, follow us there and helping out the show by talking about it and word of mouth is very, very helpful. Reach out to people and be like, hey, you love movies and check out this new podcast where the host is really humble and he doesn't know anything, but he still watches movies for the first time and he's generally confused. It's a good time. It's really helpful and it really does help out the podcast. And thank you to everyone who has done this and thank you to anyone who will do this in the future. Thanks in the future. Now, one thing before we sign off here on this intermission is I have a favor to ask all of you loyal listeners is could I get some feedback on the guests? Would you prefer that I had one guest like I have been for Moonstruck or the Barbie movies recently with Griffin? Would you rather have me just have one guest for the entire film or do you prefer it when I have two different guests for the same film. So what I was doing for things like the Shawshank Redemption or Silence of the Lambs or Fight Club where we had two different guests for the same film or do you prefer it where I only have the one guest but then they talk about the entire film with me. Which one do you prefer? It would really help me out on just figuring out what the audience prefers. You can let me know either through social media at Post Finale Pod on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or send me an email at postfinalepod at gmail.com. Uh, the feedback would be very helpful and it is greatly appreciated. And I may not say this to everybody that sends me a message, but thank you to everyone who does in the future. It is eternally grateful. And thank you so much for tuning into this episode. So let's get right back into it. So back to the movie. Loretta walks in to the cheese shop. Raymond starts singing and Raymond asks if Loretta saw the moon. Loretta is oddly flustered and it kind of felt like she was over flustered in that moment. Like she was flustered and she should be, but I don't know something about like just that three seconds of movie. Oh yeah. I mean, she's also 
What's on her mind right now? Exactly. So sex with a boy with 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 her fiance's brother. How do you how do you you know how do you how do you rationalize that? Yeah. So she's going through a lot. She says that she's gonna take the deposit. She'll go to the bank, and she'll come back tomorrow to do the books. And I was like, does Loretta just do the books for different companies? Like she was at like the funeral home earlier. She's at the cheese shop. Like is that what she does? She just does the books. I guess she's a she's an accountant. So sure, why it's not? Never really, it's never really. Clarified. It's not a, like a major plot importance of anything no. in this movie. Um, I was just curious. So Raymond says, "Oh, you have a date," and Rita goes off calling him a fool, going, <laughs> "John is in Palermo. What do you mean a date?" And I was like, "Raymond means a date. The man can read people well." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what do you mean by date? He means a date. He said what he said. <laughs> so, Rita says, yeah, you have all the wedding stuff. And Raymond calls it romantic, starts singing and heads to the back and asks Frankie to make him a bowl of minestrone and <laughs> makes the women in the store laugh. Rita asks Loretta, what's wrong with you? And calls her, says, you look crazy. Loretta's just like, I have a lot on my mind. And Rita keeps working on prying it out of her. Loretta doesn't want to talk, so Loretta leaves. You hear, you've heard the line, I don't want to talk about it. I don't before. want to talk about it. You've heard it before. And you'll I've hear heard it, it before, I'll hear it again. Oh, it's, a, it's, it's the line in this movie. <laughs> I don't want to sure. talk about it! <laughs> no! So, walking down the street, Loretta sees a poster of some beautiful curly hair. And then pops into a beauty shop. And Loretta, we're now in this beauty salon. And boy, is it an adventure. Loretta asks for the gray to be taken out. And the salon worker is thrilled. She's like, I have been wanting to do this for three years. And then gives her like eight different magazines, including taking one from a lady who was reading it on the waiting chair. (laughs) That's how excited she was for Loretta. Yeah. I felt bad for the lady. Like she seemed, <laughs> she seemed taken aback. She as well. She was like, "I was reading that. I was reading the article. Like, hello. I need to know what's happening in 1980s pop culture <laughs> gossip. I guess I don't. I don't really know what was the big gossip in 1988, 89. I don't know. 89. I don't know. Yeah. So I'm sure someone out there knows what it was. Oh, good for can, you with we, that information. We have the Google. We can we can look on the Google. Yeah, sounds like a lot of work to look on the Google for that one. I don't care that much. <laughs> so she needs not just her hair to be done. She needs a manicure. She needs the eyebrows taken care of. And as this whole little montage is happening, Loretta asks if anybody has been to the opera. Nobody has been to the opera. And... Then, as the montage continues, she keeps asking, but no one's been to the opera. Loretta comes out and looks beautiful. And a man whistles, and she hears it, and just keeps walking. And, like, she kind of took it as a compliment, but also, men, don't be creepy. Don't whistle at people on the street. Don't do that. that. When I saw that, I was, uh, you know, when I was younger, I was like, Anybody ever get laid doing that? Like, did you ever get a date by whistling at somebody who was sexy? Like, no, 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 you probably never did. And you probably never will. 
So it's not it's not a good it's not a good look. Look, no, cat, cat calling is not my thing. Don't cat call. Just do the simple thing. Drake and Josh taught us in our youth that all you do. Apparently, this works. I don't know. It hasn't ever. But apparently, all you have to do is walk up, give them a compliment, and walk away. Best case scenario, they come talk to you. Worst case scenario, you gave someone a compliment and made their day slightly better. And they keep walking. <laughs> that's, yeah, and that's they have, it. They have the opportunity to stop and talk to you if they want to. But whistling at somebody and catcalling, no. That, I've never in my life. <clears throat> now, if somebody did do that, they probably had to pay for it. <laughs> so, so, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, you know uh, don't yeah. catcall people. No, just I think it's be kind close. human beings, give people compliments, and then let them speak to you. Or just be up front and be like, I think you're beautiful. We should talk or something. Like, don't catcall people. <laughs> I think, a, I think a, a nice compliment is good for anybody. Seriously. Compliments nice. Yeah. It Look, it's just a beautiful thing. So, right. anyway, she sees this red dress on a mannequin. She goes in. She buys the dress. And then she runs into some nuns on the way out. And I just had a quick thought. And I was like, two things. One, it's fantastic that it's nuns that she runs into. (laughs) (laughs) And two, I wonder if her running into the nuns was actually planned. Or if Cher just in that take ran into the nuns and then they just kept it. Oh, I'm sure it was planned. It's I'm sure it was planned, but I would love for it to have just been like a happy accident and then be like, oh, like, yeah, we'll take that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think it was definitely like definitely planned by the script writer that this is another flash of guilt and religion coming at her when she's about to go to the opera. Yeah. with the fiance, with, with the brother of the fiance. Exactly. So she's done everything that she wanted to. Well, actually, let's rephrase this. She's done everything she wanted to, but nothing that she, that she said that she was going to do. As in, she never went to the bank. Right. <laughs> and she's just home. At no point did we stop at a bank. Right. We also don't know, you know, like you see her talking about the deposit and everything like that. And you see her going to all these stores. When I first saw it, I thought, oh, she's using the deposit. That's what I thought, too. I was like, oh, and I was like, and that that's what I have right now is like, is she using the deposit money? And is the bank going to come back and bite her in the butt later? We'll see. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. We're up to the opera, right? Are we almost, we're, almost. we're almost at the opera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she pours herself some wine. We hear the radio. It's some beautiful jazz music playing. I just had to bring up the jazz. I love jazz. And Loretta's sitting by the fire. She's drinking wine, looking at her red shoes and the dress next to it. And it's like this nice little like smoothie jazz with a lot of saxophone. For anyone that can't picture anything like that, it's not quite the same thing. But think Careless Whisper. And like, you have... The, you have you have the vibe that David we're kind of. David Sanborn is the is the the the, the classic jazz of the eighties. Um, yeah. That every dance company used David Sanborn for their romantic duets, and I have several videos where people used David Sanborn. But that's that. It's very much like that. 
that Barry White, let's get down and get groovy kind of song, you know, kind of, but it's just, just saxophone. Oh, yeah. So we get to the Met. We're at the opera. Loretta steps out of a yellow cab, which it's the first time that we see it. We see the cab multiple more times in this film, but it's just something that popped out of, I don't know how common they are in New York anymore. It's been a while since I've been to New York. Yellow cabs? Yeah. They're common, but everybody who's lived in Uber right now. So. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was thinking. Cause like a yellow cab just like, isn't a thing out here. And I've lived in London for almost three years now, so it's like... Yeah, I mean, I think that once the, once the Uber and Lyft people were able to you know, monopolize the market, um, yeah. it made your medallion, your taxi medallion, worthless. So, and you need, a, yeah. you need a taxi medallion in order to operate in New York State. So it is kind of like a shitty way. And, and the funny part is, is that those yellow cabs now um, also have Uber and Lyft capabilities so yeah. they can actually choose to do an uber and lyft so woohoo so the music is quite calm she walks in we see ronnie who has also cleaned up nicely clean shaven hair slicked back he looks good and they finally see each other and they are taken with each other's beauty ron calls loretta beautiful loretta calls him good too and i'm like that is the <laughs> least like nice thing you could say you're beautiful you're good you look good like you could have said you could have said handsome it well, doesn't, doesn't hurt. i mean look you have a lot of feelings sure but like that's just pitiful. like he he cleaned up for you yeah he yeah. deserves better than you look good you could have yeah. even said you look nice nice yeah. is better than good <laughs> <laughs> that's a line from a Stephen Sondheim musical <laughs> wait is it actually nice is better than good yes Little Red Riding Hood speaking of. oh okay yeah I've never listened to the uh, musical it's very interesting that you bring that up because she's in a red dress and that line nice is better than good is by Little Red Riding Hood in the musical okay it's interesting look at that I'm making connections without even knowing it <laughs> six degrees of moonstruck and into the woods podcast <laughs> So, All right, we're at the opera. Yeah, we're at the opera. Ronnie goes in for a kiss, and Loretta says no. She said that she'd come to the opera, and that's it. And Ronnie smiles, and he understands. They head inside. The chandeliers are beautiful. And Ronnie then finally sees the dress. I didn't clock that he didn't see the dress until now. Calls right. it beautiful. And then he says, thank you. And Loretta is like, Why? Fair enough. And Ronnie's like, for the hair, for the dress, for just coming. It's been a long time since I've come to the opera. So thank you for coming. And I was partially right. Cosmo and Mona are here. And mm -hmm. then the opera begins. So the opera begins. We cut away. Rose. We're back with our lovely, lovely Rose. And she is at the Grand Ticino. She's by herself. And Bobo is back. Oh, <laughs> I love him. He comes rushing, but it's more like a beautiful glide as he just <laughs> appears to the door. Like, it's effortless, but, like, swift. Oh, he's, he's great. He's fantastic. And at the next table, we hear Sheila and the professor. Sheila isn't happy because whenever she tells the professor how she feels, he tells her how he feels. 
And apparently that's not much of a response, but it's the only response he has. And Sheila isn't happy, doesn't find this amusing. And the prof says, I think you like to roll around in the mud. And if, and that's okay, that's fair. Like, you know, I'm just telling you how I feel. He gets water thrown in his face again and Sheila storms out. It's a theme for this character. <laughs> yeah. He just gets water thrown in his face. And, you know, I like how the waiters at the restaurant, they know that this is about to happen. So they are prepared to just get rid of any trace of her. Yep. <laughs> and bring me a tall glass of vodka, I think is his next line. Yep. Tall glass of vodka. And the professor apologizes to everyone. And he apologizes to Rose more specifically. Saying, sorry if we disturbed you. And Rose is like, I'm not disturbed by you. <laughs> Which is fantastic. I was like, do they get together? Does Rose break my heart here? And like, you know, go be happy? But I thought she you. was happy. <laughs> I love how you can't say a lot whenever I pose these questions. Cause it's I know, just like... <laughs> because I, I, love, I love watching your... I love watching your um, <laughs> your analyzation of how you think it's going to go and how it actually goes. And it also is very interesting and intriguing to watch what was, you know, the you know, like everybody knows that, what, how do you say his name? Shyamalan. Shyamalan knows that he's the king of the twist, the king of the plot twist. Nobody knew the, uh, of the, uh, the, I can't remember the name of the movie now, but the end of the movie turns out everybody was dead. Except, or he was dead, and everybody was. It, it was his. It was him processing his death. Um, so I can't remember the name of it. Uh, that's Six okay. Sixth Sense. That's another one that's really good. But I just gave yeah. away the plot, so fuck it. You just kind of um, gave away the plot, so. Yeah. But but he was. He's the king of the plot. I twist. mean, okay. And back then, it wasn't. You know, it was like, oh my god, the, you have to think. Nobody was expecting any of this when you're sitting in the theater back then. You were like. We're just like following along. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, that happened. Oh my God. Oh my, you know, and then all of a sudden, bada bing, bada boom, they're in the opera. And, uh, you know, so anyway, keep going. Hey, everyone's at the opera. I mean, Raymond and Rita aren't, they didn't end up getting their date at the opera. I feel bad for Raymond. I wanted him to get, get a happy date night. You know, he deserves it. So Rose tells the professor, I'm too young for you. And the professor asks how old Rose is, and it's none of his business. <laughs> so Rose invites him to join her for dinner. He joins. He hates eating alone, but he does it often. Fair enough. If all of your dates are throwing water in your face and leaving, <laughs> yeah, you'd probably be eating alone often. So Bobo then reappears, and he brings over some minestrone soup. Now, this is the second or third time that it's been brought up. Minestrone soup is an Italian soup originally, right? No, it is. It is. Okay. Yeah, minestrone like, is like a vegetable, Italian vegetable soup, sometimes with pasta. Sure. Um, and it's just like a staple in Italian cuisine. Yeah. Is that just kind of... Okay. That's what I thought it was, but I didn't know if there was any other significance other than it's just something that's common in Italian cuisine. No, but since I wrote a cookbook, I can tell you this. Oh? <laughs> Minestrone, pasta fagioli, and, um, and uh, Sicilian wedding soup are the three main soups of, of Italian culture. 
So those three, but then you also have um, the Greek culture, which has agvu lemino, which is egg and lemon soup. So the the middle the, the Mediterranean soups are all um, they're very hearty and they're very full of uh, layers of flavor. But minestrone in particular is all vegetables with a tomato base. But it's it, culturally like when there's a wedding, you serve Sicilian wedding soup, which is basically white bean escarole and chicken meatballs. I mean, I make chicken meatballs. That was my, my grandmother made them, but you can make any meatballs. Sometimes they put lamb meatballs, but it is very specific because they, you served that, they served, served it at my wedding. Um, and um, and in, in, I made two, I made a gluten-free version because there's a lot of gluten-free people. Um, but we served that as, as, as a, in celebration of the union, so. Nice. Anywho, but yes, Fun. it is cultural. Yeah. So Bobo brings in the minestrone soup. We learn that the professor teaches communications at NYU. Sheila was a student, is a student, was a student. Which one is she? (laughs) If you throw water in the face of the guy who's going to give you a grade, you're probably not going to, you're probably not going to take his class much longer. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. I was never in that situation. I mean, nor do I know anyone that was? No, I slept with a professor once. It was not good. It's not a good idea. No, yeah, I don't fair enough. I don't fair. It, so. Don't do it. So Rose tells him what her mother used to say: "Don't shit where you eat," <laughs> which is a fantastic line. Yep. And I use it to this very day. Yeah. When, when people hook up at work. And they start dating. I'm the first one to say, hey, don't shit where you eat. In other words, what happens when your relationship goes sour in any way, you can't bring that energy to your job. So, um, but so, yeah. Yeah. Rose tells him that she's a housewife, and the professor asks why she is alone. And Rose just smiles back and says that she isn't, which is just nice and yeah. heartwarming. And for the and first time, just... Rose is flirting. Yeah, I'm scared. <laughs> no, you'll see. <laughs> so Rose asks, why do men chase women? And the answer is nerves, apparently. And Rose says that she thinks that it's because they fear death. Okay. Interesting. Good theory. Yeah. It's, a theory. it's a theory. It's a theory. I don't know. I mean, I fear death every day. I live in New York City. You could walk out and get hit by a bus, you know, but you can't let that rule your life, you know, so. Look, I ride a bicycle around London and we have double-decker buses. Yeah, you could get completely squashed. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and they don't look. They don't care that we exist. I almost there is a bike lane and they take us out and it's just like, hi, I'm in my lane. What are you doing? Right. Yeah, it's not yeah. like in Harry Potter where you you know they just drive around you. No, 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 they will, they will squash you. No, no, no. We are not the night bus. <laughs> <laughs> so, by the way, not to veer off, but are you a Harry Potter fan? Oh, I am currently rereading the books, and I'm on book oh, seven. Are you doing? I love Harry know, Potter. I, I, haven't, I haven't double checked. I haven't. Uh, have you done podcasts yet about the Harry Potter movies? Well, I mean, the issue with that is that I know the movies. Yeah. <laughs> that I've seen the movies. Well, yeah. So, yeah, kind of, kind of hard to discuss yeah. them on this show. Right. But hopefully, listeners, depending on when you yeah. hear this, 
there may be something in the works that I can announce. It may already be announced. It might oh, be announced in okay. a bit. Depends on when this comes out and how far I'll, we get in I'll planning. Say no more. Yeah. <laughs> but like, keep your ears out because an announcement will be coming <laughs> soon or has shown up. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I love the Harry Potter series and I think That's it's fun. a beautiful written series. I mean, there are some issues and plot holes, yeah. but you know, it's not Tolkien. She didn't create the entire universe before no, she wrote a children's fair. novel on it. Yeah. So, you know. Anyway, where were we? Ah, why do men chase women? Because they fear death. The professor says that he chases women because he finds them charming. And the spontaneity in teaching the classes was gone years ago. But sometimes when he's droning along and every now and again he sees a young face and she's excited. It's all new to her, and the professor, he's the interesting guy who thinks out loud. And when he looks at the chairs and sees himself in that woman's eyes, how he always wanted to be, maybe how he once was, he goes and he asks her out for a date. It doesn't last long, maybe a week, maybe a month, and then they catch on that he's a burned-out old gas bag, and... They are fresh, bright, full of promise, as moonlight in a martini. And I was like, moon, again! But also, um, moonlight in a martini? Is that one of the ingredients in a martini? Am I just blanking? Uh, no, it's just uh, moonlight in a martini. Oh, don't forget, Rose is drinking a martini right at this point. Right, that makes sense. I'm just yeah. confused on where we got moonlight. I, I, again... It's it's all like the way his character is written is he's 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 just he's kind of like this philosophical guy. Right. He's there to test Rose, basically. Is yeah. is the way that it you look know, that is his job. Rose, in this Rose film. is vulnerable at this point. She's contemplating her the rest of her life. She's got a husband she knows is cheating, and then here she is alone at a restaurant while he's at the opera with Mona. Now and she not, is smitten. She is taken and says, you don't know what women is a lot. And it's not what the professor hears. So, yeah. Hello, everyone. This is Ankit from the future. Ankit from the past completely forgot that he had to end this episode of Post Finale and start a new one. So this is actually going to be the end of this episode. But do not fear. Bobby will be back next week and we will finish going through Moonstruck and I cannot wait for you all to hear that conversation. It was a wonderful conversation, so be sure to tune in next week. And if you want to check out Bobby's social media, check out his book, you can do so. Just check out the episode description down below, and it'll be there. And thank you so much for tuning into this episode. It really does mean a lot. And until next week, when we finish up talking about Moonstruck, I'll catch you all later. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Post Finale. Post Finale is created, hosted, and produced by me, Ankit Madeira. Our editor is Pranav Nair. The music is by Ankit Madeira and Megan Hutchison. And the art is by Jared Rother. If you would like to gain access to bonus content and support the show, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash postfinale. You get loads of bonus content for whatever tier you sign up for. And it is greatly appreciated. Any of the money that is made from the Patreon goes directly back into the show. 
If you want to help out the show in a non-monetary way, word of mouth is extremely, extremely helpful. And it's the best way to grow the show. Just reach out to someone and be like, hey, you love movies. Check out this new podcast. The host is really funny. He's very humble. He's generally confused, but he watches films for the first time and doesn't really know what's going on half the time. Be sure to follow, like us on social media, at Post Finale Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Recently, I just posted some photos of Bobby's grandmother from 1915 that he was so kind enough to share. And we have some fun posts coming up in the future as well for some future guests, so be sure to follow us there. And thank you so much for tuning into this episode. It really does mean a lot. And be sure to join us next week when Bobby returns once again and... We finish up talking about Moonstruck and figuring out how all of this is going to end. Who's going to get married to who? Our situation's going to end. Is Cosmo actually going to get what's coming? Is Rose going to stand up for herself? We don't know. Find out next week. And until then, I'll catch y'all later. Later.